verse uh, 13. Oh, Elijah left. I was going to. Uh, maybe later. All right. Uh, one thirteen. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober minded. Set your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation at the coming when Jesus Christ returns into chapter two, verse one. Rid yourselves, y'all, of all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all slander, like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the word so that by it you might grow up into your salvation. If you've tasted the Lord is good as you come to him, a living stone rejected by people, chosen, honored by God, you yourselves as living stones are a spiritual house being built up to be a holy priesthood to offer Spiritual sacrifice is acceptable to God through Jesus. Verse 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that, why are you these things? So that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, this age, the age to come. Dear friends, verse 11, I urge you. Sojourners, exiles, abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against your soul and want to kill you. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and glorify God on the day that he visits. This is God's word. This is a good one. Okay. Joseph Taylor, we love you guys. So glad you moved here and popped in and. Share your desserts, you know. <laughs> there it is. All right. <laughs> so last week, just real quick, uh, I shared that I, I just feel like we're in a, a, a special, awesome um, season with some good momentum. Okay, we had VBS. It was a circus. We had the men's conference. We had Richie's um, visit, and so I wanted to harness that and not screw it up. And um, so I was asking the Lord, okay, what do we, you know? Where do we go? What do we do? And just over and over and over, the Lord was like, hey, just double down, you know, just, uh, you know, tighten, tighten the bolts on things that matter. Don't reinvent the wheel. Don't try to create fire, but go back, reinforce basic things, normal things, because um, this is how progress is made, right? You do simple things over and over and over and over and over the right way, and then you can just do them uh, knee jerk, right? If you have any kind of skill at all, that's how it happened. Whether you know it or not, you just did it a million times. And now you can do that. And so to do that, tighten those those um, bolts. We're working through our membership commitment. So we did last week. We did uh, unity, and we said we're going to double down on the gospel. Okay, double down on believing and trusting in the cross before the day of the Lord. We're going to double down on our leaders being honorable people, and and our people honoring them as they honor the Lord. And then we're going to double down on loving one another by laying our lives down for each other uh, in big things and in. And in little things, okay? It was last, last week, okay? So next, we need to double down um, on our mission. And, and our mission that we voted on uh, in June, displayed in our lobby and everywhere else, is our mission as members of Christian Life Church is to follow Jesus in worship and discipleship and evangelism, okay? Like, these are the things that matter. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We do those things, and if we want to participate in what God is doing here um, and, and anywhere else, we commit to worship. We commit to, to pledge love and trust and loyalty 
to God alone. We, we commit to um, discipleship. So to me, walking on the narrow path that leads to life. And then me encouraging you to do it. And you walking on that narrow path that leads to life. And you encouraging me to do it. And we run that thing till he comes. And we commit to evangelism. To bear witness to the good news with our words and with and adorn that with our deeds and how, how we live. Okay? Church that does that, we're doing pretty good. Okay? Yes? You don't need any, you know, like you don't need extra bonus stuff if we're um, doing those things. And so today we're going to work through worship, discipleship, evangelism. And I think I can get all of them from this section of First Peter. Okay? So let's do that. First, we commit to um, worship, to pledging love, trust, loyalty to God. Okay? Worship is love and love is loyalty. Okay? In the, scripture, in the scriptures, uh, love is not like uh, the notebook. Right. Which is a terrible movie. Right. Like it's not good. It's not. It's just a bad story. Ryan Gosling's nice to look at, but the story is not good. OK, love, love in the scriptures is like loyalty and fidelity, you and you alone um, through the whole thing. So to double down on this, we pledge allegiance to one king, Jesus, and one kingdom, the kingdom of God. That means no one else gets our loyalty. OK, so first Peter, back to Peter's language here two verse five, use living stones building built up into a house filled with the spirit so that you may serve as a holy priesthood to who? To Baal? To Marduk, Dagon, any of your weird Old Testament um, gods who go by different names now, still out there, okay? No, the the priests were were to serve to give loyalty, uh, allegiance, fidelity to Israel's God alone. And if you read your Bible and look at your own life, you know that things go very badly for Israel. They go very badly for you if loyalty starts to go somewhere else, if it starts to be given to another god. So we're... uh, uh, to serve as a holy priesthood, to offer up spirit-consecrated sacrifice, to offer up worship, loyalty, acceptable to God through Jesus, okay? And so we want to double down on these things now, okay? We don't want to, you know, the, whatever the future looks like for that moment to come and then decide, like, hey, we should probably get really serious about loyalty to God. But we want to do this now, not do fence sitting or flirting with other gods. Because if we don't, if you start to flirt or go the other way, maybe this God or that God or this thing or that thing, that road leads to death. That road re- leads to destruction um, forever. So listen to how Jesus talks about these things. Matthew ten thirty seven. If someone's loyalty to father or mother is greater than his loyalty to me, he's not worthy of, of me. I.e., he's not worthy of eternal life, Right. Loyalty is to him alone. First Corinthians 16, Paul says, if someone is not loyal to the Lord, let him be cursed and set apart for utter destruction. Maranatha, our Lord, like, like it, it's, it matters, okay? So we have to take worship seriously now in, in what is relative peacetime, right? Like, I know things are always crazy, but this is relative peacetime. Take it serious now so that during times of tribulation or persecution or pressure or whatever, if we do it now, our hearts are prepared for then, right? Like outside pressure then isn't going to cause us to bend our knee to someone else, right? Like this is how it works. So just uh, Revelation 14, look at the stakes of not cultivating a worshipful, uh, loyal heart that, that shows fidelity to God. Okay, look what happens if we don't. 
And again, I know whether you think this happened already or you're not going to be here for it, the principle is the same. Revelation 14. If anyone worships the beast, he will also drink the wine of God's wrath and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur if worshiped somewhere else, right? And the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast. And so this calls for endurance, verse 12. This calls for endurance from the saints. And so you don't build endurance in in anything, okay? Uh, Much less in worship overnight, okay? Ryan's doing uh, emergency response in in the lobby today, so I can pick on him. Me, me and Ryan uh, have been, uh, me, he's been exercising with me for, uh, we started in February, okay? Is Jamie Means here? Jamie's here. Our very first time to meet together, it, it takes about 45 minutes what we do. We're, we're at the Wellness Center, and uh, Ryan made it 11 minutes. And Jamie was walking, you know, like, oh, God. <laughs> he made it 11 minutes, Okay. And then he showed up the next morning at 6.30, and he made it 20 minutes. And then he showed up the next morning at 6.30, and he made it 30 minutes. And now, uh, Ryan's, you know, he's doing great. He's got endurance, but it didn't happen overnight, right? So, if you, you know, if there's a, a future coming where there's pressure, and there's tribulation, and there's trial, and there's things calling for your loyalty and your allegiance, you want to cultivate endurance now, so that at that day, like, you can run the race. You can actually do the thing and stand firm in loyalty to Jesus. So while it's peacetime, let's cultivate worshipful hearts. Let's cultivate loyalty um, to God so that when it comes, you're prepared, okay? Other people, other gods, other things are perpetually pining for your worship, okay? If we were a real Baptist church, I would have said perpetually pining for your praise, but... We're not that Baptist, okay? Perpetually pining for your worship and your loyalty. So today, let's re-up. Let's say, hey, look, no other king, no other kingdom, Jesus, kingdom of God, okay? All right. Along with, with love and loyalty, worship also includes trust. So to, you guys are just getting a rerun, sorry. To, to worship God is to trust God, all right? To count him and his word as reliable, specifically as it regards the future, Right? Weatherman says it's going to rain in the future. If you trust him, grab an umbrella. If you don't trust him, you don't. Okay, so 1 Peter 1. Therefore, bracing your minds for a difficult race, be sober-minded and set your hope, set your trust completely on what? On the grace that will be brought to you when? Okay, when do those who trust in God, who hope in God, when do they receive the grace that's promised? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. NIV, at his coming. You receive grace, uh, common English version. When Christ appears, you receive grace. So Peter says, set your hope completely. Brace your minds for a difficult race. Set your hope there and live in that way. And so if we worship God, if we trust God, that's where our hope is, right? In the midst of a difficult race, you have to set your hope on the finish line. If you don't know there's a finish line, you're, you can only run so long, right? Like, because why? Like, why? Why am I still running if I don't know there's an end to this thing, if I don't know there's a goal? But if I know there's a goal, and the goal is that man splitting the sky and flaming fire with legions of angels to resurrect my body to live forever, I can run that race, okay? I can stay on the path, and I can trust him. So the evidence that we worship God, that we trust him, is proved in our waiting for him to come through on his promise to restore 
all the things. Okay, Isaiah 25, Stoney's favorite verse. What you see when you leave um, the, the auditorium, verse 8, he will swallow up death forever. There's the promise, okay? The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, okay? And so what's the, that's the promise. What's the response of, of a worshiping people, verse 9? It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. And because we trusted him, because we set our hope completely on him while in this difficult race, because we trusted him, we have waited for him that he might save us. Okay, so this is our charge to worship God by by trusting God. So the first part of our mission before um, discipleship, before evangelism is worship is to to wake up every day, remind our hearts of God's promises. Okay, which are in our Bibles, anchor our hearts in faith in God's day and the cross before it and set our hearts to believe that Jesus is Lord, right, of loyal to him alone, and that Jesus is trustworthy to do all the stuff that he said he would do. Okay, like that's our main, that's our main job. If we don't get worship right, none of the other stuff's going to work as it should. So how goes it? Okay, are, are we cultivating worshipful hearts? If not, let's double down on it today. Okay, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's let's do the basic thing when we gather on 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 Sundays. Okay, or in home groups or in prayer meetings. It's to gather with these things in mind. Okay, it's to gather with there is a race. It is hard. There are other things, other gods after my loyalty. But I know if I wait on him, trust him, he will come. He will, he will do all the stuff that he says. So I gather on Sunday with, with that in mind, okay? I gather in my home group with, with that in mind, okay? So I know, I, maybe not think about it like this, but on Sundays, are we gathering with texts like Revelation 14 in mind? Where if I worship the beast, I get a lake of fire. And I gather, I'm like, it's really important that my heart is set to worship God alone and no one else. I'm not thinking about that on Sunday. I'm like... Okay, I got my coffee made. I got to type these notes. I got to do this class. You know, I got. But I want to. I want to re up on. No, I'm coming on Sunday because I know my loyalty matters, and I know the loyalty of our other members matter, and we got to gather and encourage each other in in these things. On Sundays, do you have texts like Matthew 10 in mind? Like, man, if my loyalty to God is compromised, utter destructions in my future. I better gather with the saints and encourage my heart in these. Right? You know what I mean? It's a, it's a big deal. Loyal, loyalty is a big deal. And so if this is where your mind is, this is where your heart is, those, those kind of you know hard texts will take Sunday gatherings uh, more seriously. Okay? Like unless you're sick or out of town, like you're here. Because you're like, oh, my loyalty matters. Okay? Uh, when Joe opens with Christ's welcome, if your heart is here, like my loyalty matters, when he opens with that, like you're going to hear it. Oh, friend of sinners, thank you, God. You know what I mean? Right, and and when the psalm is read, and, and the psalms are you know these big things pointing to the Messiah and all the things he he do, calling us to worship, you can respond to it. Like we're not just reading words up here; we're like giving promises that we have to respond to. The musicians are are, are leading, encouraging us to open our mouths. If you have these kind of texts in mind and your loyalty in mind, you're going to sing. Because you know the Lord is use it, uses music. Praise God, He uses music to train our hearts and discipline our hearts in these things. When when corporate prayer starts and you have these things in mind, you pray. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, oh, someone's up here. They're praying. They're doing the thing. I'm an observer. Like, no, you're praying because you think it matters. Like, we don't pray. We don't do corporate prayer for missionaries or other churches in Tonkawa or farms and businesses. We don't do that stuff to kill time. Like, one of my goals on Sunday is to make this thing as short as possible. Like, if there's extra stuff that's not necessary to worship, discipleship, or evangelism, I could care less. But I want to spend time on stuff that matters. And we pray because it matters. Like, you think about the loyalty thing, the worship thing. Like, so we prayed for farms and businesses. Next week, we'll pray for another church. We're going to pray for the other church because we think God's going to answer that prayer. And they're actually going to stay loyal to the Lord in the face of pressure through our prayers. Okay, like it's not a we don't pray to kill time. I'm saying, okay, the Lord's Supper, same thing. It's served. We take it seriously because we know our hearts are going to be strengthened by remembering his death and longing for his appearing. Remember his death until he comes. Okay, so we want to think about Sunday worship like that, like our worship matters, like it's producing loyalty in us. We want to think about prayer like that. Okay, and I know not everyone can make Thursday mornings. I'm actually shocked that anyone makes Thursday mornings, right? Uh, but I think you could make one Monday. We pray the first and third Monday. But you could make one of those. But you could give yourself to 50 minutes of seeking the Lord's face because your loyalty matters, okay? Because it hinges on that. Home groups, we can be more intentional about prayer, okay? Yeah? All of all the times we leave home, we're like, man, that was a good group. It's because we just took more time to pray and be intentional about those things. Um, Prayer and fasting. Okay, are you praying? Okay, start with three minutes. I'm not trying to condemn you. Start with three minutes. Richie said he could give thanks for an hour. I'm like, you're insane. Okay, start with three minutes. Fasting. Okay, if you fast in the past, re up. If you are in the, um, I'm. I'm going to fast tomorrow phase, which is the I'm not fasting phase. <laughs> I've broken so I've broken more fast than I've ever, you know. Anyway, sorry. These kind of things, these are low level going to church, gathering with a group, praying. These are low level basic things that we just want to tighten up, recommit to to cultivate worshipful hearts, love, trust and loyalty. Um, to God. So let's nail these things before we think we need to move on to uh, whatever. All right? Second component of our mission is to follow Jesus in discipleship, which is walking on and encouraging each other on the narrow path. Okay? So that just means, what is discipleship? It means that we aim our heart, soul, mind, strength to actually obey Jesus. I know that's radical. (laughs) To actually obey Jesus. This is what being a disciple is. And this is far different from a modern day. Like, do you believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, of course I believe in Jesus. I live in Tonkawa. What do you think? Okay. Do you believe in Jesus? Most of Tonkawa believes in Jesus. But I would argue that most of Tonkawa does not obey Jesus. Right? Isn't that like a very different question? Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. Do you obey Jesus? Ah! You know what I mean? All right, so which means most of Tonkwa are not disciples of Jesus, right? So Luke 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Like you, That's what you meant by those things, Jesus? You want us to actually like obey them? 
You know, like Jesus doesn't talk just to fill time or, you know, he, he says things because he expects us to obey him. Okay, again, back to the loyalty thing, because he's the Lord and you do what he, he says, Matthew 7, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. John 14, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So let's just double down on this. Double down on the narrow path. We are obeying Jesus. Okay? Not the devil. Not the enemy. We're obeying Jesus, not our flesh. And we understand it's going to be hard. Like this, I love Jesus. I love the apostles. I love Moses because they don't like massage you or whatever. They just tell you hard things. So first, back to First Peter. I think I can get all these in First Peter. Verse 13. He says, bracing your minds for difficult race. So what is, what is discipleship supposed to be? Difficult. Because you have an enemy and you have flesh. Okay? Until you get new flesh. It's difficult. Matthew 7, Jesus said, like, how difficult how it is the road that leads to life. So bracing your minds for a difficult race and exercising self-control. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Rid yourselves. So Peter says, you, y'all, you take responsibility and you rid yourselves of these things, of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, on and on and on. Verse 11, as strangers and exiles, abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against your soul. So let's double down on that. Basic, obedience to Jesus over the devil, obedience to Jesus over my flesh. You, yourselves, rid yourselves of these things and follow Jesus. Right? You got that? You walk the narrow path. But our mission isn't just for you to walk the narrow path, it's for... All of us too. So your job is to encourage me to walk the narrow path. And my job is to encourage um, you. So Hebrews uh, 3.13. Exhort one another every day. With what? Probably the, the promises of God, right? That Jesus Christ will be revealed. And all things will be made new. And all things will be restored. And your body will be raised. And Israel will be gathered. And all the nations will be blessed. Encourage each other every day with these things. As long as it's called today. Why? So that none of you. None of y'all. Are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Okay. The author of Hebrews assumes that. The deceitfulness of sin is coming against God's people. And he assumes that the only way that that doesn't happen to you is through other disciples. Okay? He's, he doesn't just say, hey, to, to not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, you need to get in a prayer closet and pray in tongues for 45 minutes every day. Right? If you can do that, awesome. Go for it. But the author of Hebrews assumes that the way that you're not hardened, the way that you stay on the path, is another disciple exhorting you. Another disciple encouraging you. Another disciple saying, hey, you can do it. Hey, you can stay on the path. Hey, it's worth it. To live forever is worth it. Stay on the path so that you may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 14, for we have come to share in Christ and all of his inheritance. If indeed we hold firm to our original confidence to the end. Not just start the race, start on the path, but actually finish the thing. So there is a call here, not just for you to stay on the path, but to encourage others to stay on the path as well. And how do we do this? I don't have this um, in the notes, but again, we gather. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Like the, what's the whole point of Hebrews 10 
is sin, flesh, the devil, all these things coming against you, persecution coming against you. And the way that you stay on the path is you see the day of the Lord approaching. You see that it's near. And 10, 24 and 25, he says, gather together. Okay, get together and encourage each other with these things. So on Sunday, come with the mindset that, hey, I'm here so Josh doesn't die. Right. I'm here so Joe actually inherits eternal life, right? I'm here so Mike finishes the race. I'm here to encourage the other believers with the gospel week in, week out. This is why I gather. I'm going to get with a group on Sunday night. Hey, girls, if no one invites you to a group tonight, uh, you can come to ours. The James are cooking. So always great. Okay. So if we don't get with you, I'll bet Sean or Holly gets with you and invite and Sean already got him. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting free food tonight if you want to, but I'm going to gather with another group tonight because I know the fickleness of my own soul. Okay. To go off the path. And I know if I'm not gathering weekly with believers who are filled with the spirit of God and who can look me in the eye and say, Josh, you're going to make it. Josh, here's the promises of God. And then we're going to pray for each other. I know I'm going to finish. I'm going to inherit eternal life. Like I, we sing, we sing, uh, we sang it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. I'm always like, yep. Okay. Uh, and I know my dad doesn't sing that part in faith. He's saying, I'm not prone to wander. Okay. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not at dad's level yet. So I'm like, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. So here's my heart. Lord, take and seal it. Like seal it for that courts of, you know, are we, I changed the word, seal it for the age to come. Not the okay. But like it matters. Like this is why we gather to encourage each other. But So we gather to encourage each other on the path. And then we use the scriptures. Okay. Romans 15. God's means for me to finish the race is another disciple with a Bible. So Romans 15. For whatever was written in the former days. For Paul, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, was written for our instruction. It was written for our discipleship so that through the endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hope that's seen is not hope. I'm, I'm hoping in something that's unseen. Encouragement. We might have hope. And so here's why I like this. Who does Paul assume is doing this scriptural gospel encouragement? Verse 14. I myself am satisfied about y'all, my brothers, that y'all are full of goodness. Y'all are filled with knowledge and all y'all are able to instruct one another. Okay, so Paul's not writing Romans and like, all right, guys, it's very important for your discipleship that you get someone with an MDiv. Okay. And you make him the main teacher, and he talks for 30 to 40 minutes a week. That's really what you need. That's not in Romans. Paul says what you really need is another disciple with the Bible. Okay? That's what you need. Now, I appreciate the other stuff. I like my job. But (laughs) if you're serious about finishing the race, and you're serious about the person sitting next to you finishing the race, you have a Bible. Right. You can read. Do the next part and encourage them with the scripture. So how are we doing here? How's how's your individual discipleship to Jesus look like? Are we aiming for obedience in little things and in big things? Right. 
Because Jesus gets all of it, right? We don't like have a part that's not for Jesus. The whole bit is is for him. Are you, are you ridding yourself of Peter's list here? Paul's lists are worse. This one's actually pretty tame. Are you ridding yourselves of these things? Are you uh, uh, like newborn infants desiring the pure milk of the word so that by it you might grow up into salvation? Right? Are you reading your Bible? Basic. Simple. Like we just, don't reinvent the wheel. Are we reading the Bible? Okay. What about discipling and encouraging other members? Are you taking that pure milk of the word, the promises of God, and then encouraging uh, someone else with it? Okay? That's got to be normal. Normal part of your life as a disciple of Jesus is you have someone in mind, a face, a name, a person, that you're taking the scripture and saying it to them for their encouragement. Because just everyone's beat the heck up, okay? Everyone is is beat up. This age will grind them into powder unless you're obedient to the Lord's command to encourage them. Are, are, are we doing that? And if we're not nailing that, we shouldn't do anything else. Shut down the machine if we're not doing that, Okay? If um, Lindley's not in here, I had it. Um, I was thinking about Lindley this week. If we're not uh, nailing this most basic thing, it's like little kids playing basketball. You ever seen little kids play basketball? They're out there. They're not playing basketball. They're doing something out there on the court. But but little kids and and high school kids, like the way the, the way you learn how to shoot is you don't have a ball to start, and you do this a hundred times. Then you grab a ball, and you get right under the goal, and you do that a hundred times. One hand, just swish, 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 and then you back up like three feet, and you do it again and again and again, and then you, know, you go around, you do, you do the bit, and you slowly back up until you're shooting the right way every single time. You're making it way more than you're not making it, and then... After you hit puberty, then you step back to the three-point line. Right? Go watch a little kid game. Little kids who can't, don't have the strength to lift the ball. Don't shoot the ball. Right? Like, Have you ever even touched a basketball in your life? Are three feet past the three-point line? Throwing those things up over and over and over and over and over. And churches do this. Right? Like, we're not reading our Bible and discipling individual people, and we're like, we're going to change the world. It's like, no, you're a third grader shooting 30-footers. Go back to the goal. Do this without a ball a hundred times, and nail this thing, and nail this thing, and nail this thing, and then go conquer the world. But don't, like... Like, I don't want to move on to other stuff if we're not nailing this simple bait. Like, Jesus, like the Son of God, which you are not. It's like, I just need 12. Give me 12 guys that I'm going to sit with every day and eat with every day and open up Moses with every day and tell him what it means and tell him what it says. And I'm going to do this every day for three years. That's his plan. Why... Why should I think I'm going to change the world if that's how Jesus did it? Like, like, just... 
okay, so let's let's double down on, on that. I, I, I you know, I, we're trying to do youth ministry. Okay, I love I love youth ministry. Love youth groups. Youth groups aren't necessary for discipleship. Disciplers are, right? I, our, our, I loved our men's conference. I loved our, our women's conference. But conferences and events aren't necessary for discipleship. Disciplers are. Right? Those are the things don't have to be compete. But I'm just... You see my point? Like, it, it, one person, one person, disciple. Do, do the thing. So before we get all hot and bothered about whatever else, let's look in the mirror and ask, do I have a few guys, a few gals that I'm... At, intentionally encouraging with the gospel and with my presence week in, week out. Month in, month out. Year in, year out. God willing, decade in, decade out. Is that happening in my my life? Okay, uh, 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 I want to brag. It's just good instruction. Um, Stoney goes to breakfast with his kids every Saturday and they sit at Mary's for three hours. <laughs> and uh that's like that by that's awesome that's awesome what excites me about that is how old's ray six so god willing if you can do that till ray's 18 every week what's the fruit of that of slowly discipling one person over and over and over like that's what we want to give our lives to guys if you do that, you won't waste your life. Okay? Okay. Let's double down on that. And then... Um, and I, So I, I don't want anyone to feel beat up. I, I, this is happening in our church, by the way. I just want us to... Tighten the, tighten the screws on it. All right. Last thing. The last component of our mission is evangelism. To follow Jesus in bearing witness to the gospel with our words. Okay. Preach the gospel if necessary. Use words. Please don't ever say that. Okay. Gospel is words. It is news. So bear witness with our words and indeed how we how we live. So first back to First Peter 2. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So that... Why? What what has God chosen these people for? So that you may proclaim the praises with your mouths of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Words. We proclaim. We we use our mouths to say that there is darkness now, but marvelous light is coming. We use our mouths to say now is not always. We use our mouths to say there's sin to repent of. There's a cross to put our trust in. There's a spirit to be empowered by. And there's a resurrection to look forward to. That has to be said. Okay? So, at church, let's do evangelism. And I'll say these things now. If you are not a disciple of Jesus, if you are not following Jesus, if you have not repented of your sins and put your trust in Jesus' cross for the forgiveness of your sins and put your trust in Jesus' resurrection as a guarantee of your resurrection, you should do that today. Jesus died for your sins. God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And this happens by turning from your sins and putting your trust in him. And so if you have questions about that, what does it mean to follow Jesus and to trust Jesus and believe Jesus and in doing so live forever in a world without end? 
Talk to the person you're sitting next to. If they're a member of our church, they can tell you what that means and they can walk on the path with you after that or you can talk to me or any of our other elders. But don't leave here today not believing the gospel. Okay? But evangelism isn't just word. It has to be backed up by our lifestyle. Back to 1 Peter verse two eleven. Dear friends, I urge you, strangers and exiles, abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against your soul. And then there's fruit that comes from this, okay? As you abstain from the, the things of this world that lead to death and you give yourself to the things that lead to life, verse 12, this happens. Your conduct among the Gentiles being so honorable that when they slander you as evildoers or crazy or whatever, when they slander you, they may see your good deeds and change their minds because <laughs> of how you lived, right? This is like First Peter 3. Wives, just be quiet and live godly, right? <laughs> I think there's some context there. Wives, share the gospel with your husbands. Husbands, share the gospel with your wives. But how you live, Peter says, is going to change their minds. And through changing their minds and repentance and believing the gospel, they will change their minds and they will glorify God when? On the day. Yeah. So Peter says, how you live, your lifestyle, that that you, you profess to be a believer, you profess the gospel, and then your life backs it up. Peter says, that's going to be a catalyst for people who would tremble at the day of the Lord. Now glorify God at the day of the Lord. So that's terrifying. I'm about to have a kid, so I'm like, they're going to watch everything I do. And then do the things that I do. Oh, God. (laughs) You know? Peter says this is how the whole world works. Okay? Your deeds. So we bear witness to the gospel in our words. We proclaim his praises and our deeds through honorable conduct among the Gentiles. So it's necessary that we give ourselves to this. We give ourselves to evangelism. Okay, how many in our community are enslaved and hopeless and depressed and suicidal, right? This is a sucky week for Tonkwa. And it's not the first one. You know what I mean? Like, it's terrible. And so, you know, I... I I heard heard the news and uh, I was like, man, did she, did anyone ever share the gospel with her? She's 20 years old. Did anyone share the gospel with her? I didn't. We, and you, that comes, that comes from not having hope. That comes from not having a, a, a vision of, of the future. And we have the message of hope, Right? Gentiles, 2,000 years removed, have the, <laughs> have the message of hope. We have the gospel of the kingdom. We have good news, but it's only good news if it's heard. It's only good news if it gets there on time. So, how are we doing here? Are we sharing the gospel? Obviously, not like we should, right? I'm not... <laughs> just want to tighten that. Tighten up. Are we praying about sharing the gospel? I no bet, I guarantee if you pray about evangelism, you will evangelize more. So let's pray about it. It's on our, our weekly prayer meeting week, like one of our weeks, is we're just gonna pray for evangelism. Okay? And are we living lives that adorn the gospel? So our mission is worship, discipleship, and evangelism. And so we gotta focus on walking before we can run. We gotta get our form right before we go all Steph Curry 
Okay? <laughs> Got to nail the basics. Churches can do all kinds of things, and, and it can look good. Okay? And it can even be good. Like that, I, I do want it is good. I'm, I'm so happy with, with stuff our church is doing. I'm so, so happy. But if we're failing in these areas of, of worship, discipleship, and evangelism, we need to shut the machine down, start over, recalibrate, double down, and nail the basics. Okay? So these are things to pray about. <laughs> these are things to ask the Lord. Lord, I, I'm short here. I'm not, I'm not focused here. Would you send the Spirit to encourage my heart in these things? So that's what I want to do. Now, man, if you'll come help us, we will, we will pray. Um, it's an old, 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 old prayer. It says, Almighty God, uh, we confess our sins, things we have done, things we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. And then the prayer continues and says, says have mercy. And then in this litur- you know, old church setting, they would then turn to each other and say to each other, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you. So we come and we pray, Almighty God, have mercy on us. For things we have done and things we have left undone as it regards our worship. So I ask God that you would send the spirit now to fill our hearts um, and, and cultivate worship in us. That our loyalty is to you and you alone. And that our trust is in you and you alone. Send the spirit, God, to, to encourage us in discipleship. God, as individuals, we we recommit, we sign up again, we say yes again to the narrow path. So God, for those of us that uh, have, have made plans to start praying, we make them again today. And if we've made plans to start fasting, we, we make that plan again today. God, we've made plans to kill sin. We sign up again today and say, I'm going to rid myself of this, 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 of all these things in Peter's list. I'm going to stay on the narrow path. I'm not going to hear your word and not obey it. So send the spirit to encourage us today in the narrow path. And then God, I ask that we would take it seriously that the responsibility of these other members is to encourage each other on the path. That it's my job that the person I'm sitting next to inherits eternal life. Like in your sovereignty, you've set it up that I'm responsible for this person. They're responsible for me. So I ask that you would uh, strengthen present discipling relationships, strengthen present friendships. I pray specifically for our men that are are trying to think practically, how are we going to do this? That you would give them wisdom and encouragement in these things. And that we'd keep each other on the path. And we ask you, God, uh, to stir us to evangelism. To make the gospel clear to us so we can make it clear to them and we pray that our lifestyle backs it up. So if there's anything that's hindering our worship, discipleship, or evangelism, we ask that you would cast it out, you would remove it. And I thank you for this body here. Um, God, 
that's been faithful in these things, that's going to continue to be faithful in these things by your grace and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Uh, So our elders will be uh, at the front of the room. You can come pray with them uh, about anything or in response to the message. We just want to pray now. So I was talking about earlier, we're already here. Let's just pray. Let's just do it.